The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Glad you're here, whether live or by podcast. Appreciate you listening. Have uh, two veteran guests for you, uh, authors, writers, award winners. These guys do it all, and they've been good friends over the years, and they've been pretty regular every couple of months here on Winning Ponies. Uh, Our first guest, guest will be uh, none other than Tom Law. Uh, You know, uh, Tom is the president of the the, uh, National Turf Writers Association. I have to change it because now it's Turf Writers and Broadcasters. Uh, But he also is the managing editor of ST Public Publishing. And as you recall, last year we had this story. We had so many stories affected by the pandemic. of how they had to stop publishing the very popular Saratoga special. So roll up your sleeves, Tom Law. You know, uh, I know Saratoga's not here yet, but they got to get ready for what's going to happen. It's going to be a whole different year. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> he's starting to show a little bit more on uh, the, the uh, web presence, uh, which is where I found him last week when I was just kind of going around. This is horseracing.com and said, whoa, Tom's back up and working. Let me let me get a hold of him and see what's going on. And uh, our second guest from Las Vegas, Rich Eng, who's been really good at updating us throughout the whole pandemic that I hope is in our rearview mirror, folks, um, of what, what's going on out in Vegas. And uh, we're also going to cap- uh, tackle a couple of races uh, from Santa Anita. Uh, not too much on the graded stakes menu this week. Two from Santa Anita and one from Churchill. Remember, Churchill is starting their evening cards. There's a 5 o'clock uh, post today, which doesn't mean much to the people in California. But uh, anyhow, don't be surprised if you see Churchill popping up later and later on your screen. And it will on Saturday when they offer the winning colors. It's a grade three. But, man, this is a good matchup, man. You got Frank's Rockette against Sconson. Two extremely uh, talented four-year-old fillies. Uh, both of them with a lot of credentials and a lot of upside. It'll be interesting if we get to that race to see who Rich likes. So, uh, Rich and Tom, all right, let's get to the big news and that of course the preakness stakes upset time 12 to 1 i didn't have it my son casey did he was all over it and it was rombauer now i gotta admit it they ran the race again today i probably wouldn't have him on my ticket 12 to 1 flavian pratt uh rombauer just a beautiful ride by flavian um he let uh, midnight uh, bourbon and uh, Medina Spirit do all the dirty work up front. Uh, then about the eighth pole, looks like 
Midnight Bourbon, damn, he's a big son of tis now. Um, he started to pull away from Medina Spirit, but Ron Bauer, who had been about fifth, made a strong move into fourth, then third, came off the rail and just blew by him to win by three and a half. Uh, homebred for uh, John and Diane Franklin. And uh, so it'll be very interesting. Ron Bauer is expected to be back for the Belmont Stakes. But catch this. Flavian Pratt, who, except for last year's Derby by disqualification, had never won a Triple Crown race before. He wins the Preakness and then says he's going to ride Hot Rod Charlie in the Belmont Stakes. Well, he and his agent probably have a longstanding relationship with Doug O'Neill. And uh, he uh, I haven't read all the inside skinny yet, but uh, he's getting off the Preakness winner. Uh, but don't worry, there's going to be plenty of jockeys still available, especially Johnny V, who had potentially two shots of riding in there, and and he didn't. So Medina Spirit uh, backed up into third, the Derby winner. Uh, he led most of the way, but was really pressed by Midnight Bourbon, who rumors have it that the Steve Asmussen may send him to the Belmont. But uh, a very exciting race, and let's find out What's going to go on at Belmont? Hopefully, I'll have some time to fill you in on on some of the entrants. All right, let's get going with some of the big news of the week before I run out of time. Whew, how about this one? The New York Racing Association has suspended Bob Baffert. This news came out on Monday. Now, he's temporarily suspended, which means he can't be allowed to enter any horses or even have stalls on the grounds of Naira. And... Uh, so they're just, uh, I guess, in their opinion, taking the high road, and uh, they're go- they're going to wait until that second test comes back before uh, they rule. And uh, well, we'll get to the second story because Charlton was being aimed for the Metropolitan Handicap, but that ain't going to happen. But not because of what Naira has done to Baffert. So we won't see Baffert for now on the New York scene, which. Oh, boy, just think about Saratoga and things like that. Again, we don't know how many days it's going to be. We don't even know if it's going to happen. But just the fact that uh, he, he he won't be in the Belmont. Now, can horses be transferred to another trainer? Yes, they can. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the weeks ahead. Uh, he's not banished from California, so he's still out there. As a matter of fact, he's racing in some of the races I'll talk about with Rich Ng a little bit later. Now. Why am I saying that Charlton won't be going in the Met Mile has nothing to do with stall space or Baffert. He is out indefinitely after a workout today. Um, he wasn't 100%. Uh, it wasn't today. It was a couple of days ago. Uh, most recent breeze, he just didn't come out of it. And it looks like he's going to get some time off. And according to co-owner Sol Kuman. His racing career will be determined upon reevaluation late June. Well, I got a feeling I know what that reevaluation is going to be. Um, so he was going to be on the Derby undercard, uh, but he wasn't ready. And then he was supposed to go in the Met. That's not going to happen. You may recall he won his first four starts before running second in the Saudi Cup. That's a rich race. And then it was an ankle injury that set him back to a six-month layoff. Another injury now. I don't think we're going to see him. Again, I've already reported the headline that Flavian Pratt 
will not be on Ron Bauer. He will be on Hot Rod Charlie. And they say that, uh, you know, both uh, Rock Your World and Hot Rod Charlie have really been training well out at Santa Anita. They passed on the Preakness, and uh, and they're coming back. So uh, they wouldn't be the first ones to do, do that uh, successfully coming off that six-week break uh, between uh, the Derby and up to the Belmont. So... Uh, probably be a shorter field, so we don't have to worry about Rock Your World getting rocked off his uh, heels at the starting gate. So uh, John Sadler says he's leaning that way. He's not 100%. He's going to work uh, tomorrow, and they'll find out, so they'll make a firm decision after that. Now, uh, looks like uh, Todd Pletcher will not be be entering the Kentucky Oaks winner Malafat. They're going to point instead to the coaching club American Oaks. That was like the biggest rumor of the week, but so she's not going to be in there. And again, that frees up Johnny V. Hey, great news came out today. You folks that like Tampa Bay Downs, my friend Jason Beam has been announced as the new track announcer down there. I, I knew Jason back in his early days when he had the growing pains. He started an, his announcing career at River Downs in Cincinnati, where I was up in the booth with him many, many a day. And uh, he's is what he is. He's uh, high energy. He's information driver, driven. He gets it out, but it's not so overwhelming that you don't know where your horse is. He eventually gets to it. He, he's an upbeat guy. He's overcome personal trials and tribulations. Uh, he's authored a book. Um, you know, it's just uh, he's a great guy. So you're going to be hearing uh, Jason at Tampa Bay and another River Downs graduate, none other than Pete Aiello, calling down at Gulfstream. Well, here's some bad news. Malibu Moon passed away. Uh, he was the foundation stallion when they kind of reopened Spendthrift Farm. Uh, it was in disarray, and then uh, it was uh, you know fixed back up. He was still active stud, and apparently the 24-year-old died of an apparent heart attack. So Malibu Moon, you've given us some good ones, especially uh, Orb and uh, Gormley. Uh, who's now standing in Kentucky. And uh, so uh, sorry to hear that he'll no longer be at Spendthrift Farm. Uh, well, uh, Baffert's not the only one that's had some tough days. Ron McAnally tested positive for CBD. Come on, folks. I take that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't get a buzz. It helps with some aches and pains, and it's all holistic stuff. It's not uh, a drug, but we'll find out. It's a very, very low threshold, and I believe it's like whatever the lowest grade drug it can be, um, it will be. And also Hall of Famer Richard Mandela had a 4C methacarbonyl complaint, and that's another one that's way, way down on the uh, list of foreign substances, and it's something that you often use in training and then take out of a horse's system. And some more bad news trainer information. Linda Rice has had her license revoked and fined $50,000 for basically getting inside information from some people at the racing office that would let her know which horses were entered in what races so she could decide whether to go with her horse or scratch your horse. I do believe that is it in a nutshell. So uh, 
she's going to be revoked for no less than three years. And also some information I tried to get out last week, but ran out of time. Monomoy Girl is getting a break. She's got some minor physical issues and is going to be given a freshener before returning to the races later this year. Well, I gave you the Preakness. I would be remiss not to give you the girls edition. And it was the Black-Eyed Susan Mike Maker, what a week he had at Pimlico. Here's another one. Army wife moved to first into the stretch, got the job done, and paid $11 to boot. Willful woman, an Asmussen horse at 13 to 1. You don't see too many of those. Was uh, second. And third at 18 to 1 was Dale Roman's trained lady traveler. So those were... uh, that's the latest news. Those were some of the biggest races uh, we had over the weekend. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, tis the law. Tom Law is going to be with us. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com john and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And with me, a good friend of mine, the guy that's been so nice visiting with us, giving us the uh, the pandemic skinny. I called him a couple times during these strange times that we've had in the last, I don't know, what is it now, 15 months? Um... He's updated on what's going on in Vegas. And, of course, he always updates us on what is going on out on the West Coast. None other than Rich Eng. Rich, how are you, my friend? Hey, real good this evening, John. And uh, I'm I'm happy to report from Vegas that uh, we are just about 100% open for business. 
were right there. And uh, some of these places, John, believe it or not, are optional masks. If you have if you have been vaccinated, it's not mandatory to wear a mask. So there's, you're seeing a lot of people and a lot of people without masks who you know have gotten their vaccination. So we're getting back to normal, knock on wood. I love it. And quite frankly, it's the same way here in the Midwest. Uh, a lot of governors came out and said, well, we're going to start at like June 11th. And then all of a sudden the CDC came out and said, no, nah, you could take them off today. It's OK. You know, as long as you're vaccinated, <laughs> which uh, I am. But, you know, it, and now the main stores around here, your Kroger's and Myers and things like that are mask free. So it's, it's going to be weird. Hey, folks, get your pens and papers out. I'm not going to keep repeating this too much, but I'm going to ask Rich before he goes that uh, you, you could check out, uh, you know, his California uh, selections at uh, uh, www.racedaylasvegas.com or take the personal approach and join Rich on Twitter at Rich Ang, that's E-N-G, the number four pro pick that's going to get you to uh his twitter feed to see what's going on during their uh during during the races during the day and anytime he feels like twittering out well rich it, it has been uh, quite a newsworthy uh four weeks shall i say uh let's uh, let's look over your shoulder and <clears throat> you see that 800 pound gorilla sitting there <laughs> yeah, you know, there, a lot has gone by since the last time uh, we talked, and uh, the, the the biggest news obviously centers around the, the biggest trainer in the, the horse racing industry, Bob Baffert, who uh, seems to have a lot of cards being dealt against him. It's, it's like he's playing blackjack and he's getting dealt uh, twos and threes. <laughs> he's uh, he, he's uh, he's definitely in the hot water right now, and uh, I know I know you've talked about this with other. Uh, people on your show, I'm sure, and your listeners have probably been uh, hearing about the details uh, leading up to what's going on. But uh, we're waiting for that split sample to come back in Kentucky to see if that also comes positive, because uh, if that's the case, then uh, certain dominoes are going to fall a certain way. And um, I get the feeling, John, that that Bob has a pretty good idea that it's going to come back positive, because when I saw that statement released by him and his lawyer about the ointment, you know, having the the the, uh, the drug in it that uh, contaminated the the test of uh, uh, Medina Spirit, he almost sensed that Bob was like laying the groundwork out there for a, another positive result on that. At least that's the way I read that. Well, I thought it was interesting because <clears throat> uh, he he came out initially uh, initially, and you know, I have no reason not to believe this, but you know, he said, "Hey, uh, betamethasone is not in his." you know, uh, list of treatments and, and, and betamethasone is basically, it's kind of like getting your oil changed in a joint. And so mm-hmm. that would be a, a, on the list of things that this horse gets when he gets a, a break or he's far enough out from a race. Um, that's what has been explained to me by a top trainer that he considers it kind of like changing the oil in your car. And then it's really therapeutic for a horse and it's an anti-inflammatory. It's nothing that's really gonna, you know, make you run faster and jump higher. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the thing is this, Rich, he came out and he says, well, betamethasone is not part of this horse's treatment. We can't wait for the second uh, test to come back. Then what, two, three days later, he goes, Whoops, I guess he does have 
betamethasone in his system, but it wasn't me. It was the vet over there, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't tell me. And, hey, I'm a Baffert fan. I think he's done a lot of good things for racing. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's kind of like he supposedly hired his own vet to do all the meds on all of his horses, and it's kind of like, Dude, you know, the vet ought to have a little sheet of paper and index card saying these are things you can't have 14 days out from race day. And he's treating them the week of the race for the rash with the betamethasone. So, so Rich, to get back what you were saying, like him laying the groundwork, the bottom line is this. It's not allowed. And it appears we're going to find it in the horse's system in the second test, which appears for the second year in a row, we're going to have the winner of the derby taken down. Yeah, because we had maximum security taken out. Actually, it was two years ago in reality because oh. uh, because the Derby was out of order last year. Remember, Authentic won it in the out. fall. <laughs> I'm throwing last year. My whole world was upside down. But anyhow, I it know what you're crazy. saying. Yeah, it wasn't two years in a row, but I was so jumbled last year when they ran the Belmont as the first leg of the Triple Crown. I, I just threw it out of the window. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, it. it, it hasn't been two years in a row, but in modern times for us to, I mean, I was alive when Dancer's Image got a positive for Butte of all things, but I was mm-hmm. in diapers. Okay. So I, it's not really a modern era thing. And, uh, but the thing is, is it's not allowed. And now we're finding out the horse was treated. And I hate to say it, just as a, you know, a person that loves the history of racing and everything, but I, I think this horse is coming down, Rich. I really do. I'm probably leaning in that same direction with you, and if that's the case, then uh, uh, you know that that could have other consequences. That uh, I, I don't want to be make hypothetical thoughts about what other states and other jurisdictions might do, but uh, I, I do want to enter. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. But there was an article that I read that, that made some sense to me as a as a possibility for why Baffert's been having so many issues with horses testing positive, and it has to do with the Lasix issue and the fact that uh, in these graded stakes there is no Lasix allowed, and you know some of these Baffert horses are, are coming back with positive tests, and the theory and you know it, it, it's an idea. It's, it, I don't want to again spread conspiracy theory, but when I read the the, the angle it actually made sense is that with the lack of Lasix, uh, some of these uh, therapeutic drugs are leaving the horse's system at different rates than they used to, and so you know maybe some of these uh, uh, drugs are lingering in the system longer because of the lack of Lasix. And you know it was just something that that made sense. Then, but I don't know if it's a fact or not a fact. They'd have to test it out and you know, do some sort of, uh, you know, uh, work to, to see if that's a reality or not. But uh, I, I hate to see all these positives with Baffert, and he keeps, you know, saying that he's innocent, but maybe you know, it's something to do with the Lasix. These drugs are not exiting the system of his horses in the time frame that he was used to. Yeah, you know, excuse me, Rich, I put my mic up. Um, that's interesting because Lasix is a diuretic, which flushes... Yep. Your system, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exactly, uh, yep, yeah, boy, that's that's in it, but it's not going to change anything. I, I, you may, you may well be right, or that theory may be right, and it's very interesting. That's the first time I heard it, Rich, but it's interesting. 
Very oh, oh, interesting. Okay. I, 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 thought, um, I thought I was not alone in, uh, in hearing that or reading that, but it was an interesting theory. It's, all it is is a theory, folks. It's not fact. It's a theory. But it actually makes some sense because Lasix is a diuretic, and it, it flushes fluid out of your water and you know fluid out of your system. It's, a, it's actually a human drug, but it's used on horses to, to help prevent bleeding. But uh, if that affects the rate of, you know, how some of these drugs exit your system through the flushing, so to speak, of your body, then uh, maybe that's why a lot of these backward horses have been testing positive because he's not giving them enough time under the new, you know, rules of, of Lasix usage. I, but I guess the argument I have with my friends, because, again, I'm always trying to defend, you know, racing. They're like, yeah, John, but what, what about Gamine? Uh, what about Charlton? What about, you know, they pull out the last five positives and they were all pretty much within the last year. Um, mm-hmm. And now you want to talk about insult to injury. You probably read it today. It looks like Charlton's probably, I'm going to guess, on the shelf for life. Yeah, I feel bad about that because uh, there was another horse a few weeks ago that, that made a re- triumphant return in the Kona Gold, Saison, the, the million-dollar-plus horse. Uh, he hasn't been seen since, and then Baffert finally announced that uh, he's going to be on the sidelines for a while, and then you follow it up with Charlton. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just body blow after body blow for Baffert. These are horses that showed absolute brilliance, and you know, as a horse racing fan first – uh, we love to see these horses run and compete because they're they're the top of the top. Well, I would just like to see him have more four-year-olds. To be honest with you, Rich. Um, well, listen, we, we you are the man when I want to get information about uh, Santa Anita or Del Mar, uh, the bigger meets out there, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got two of the three graded stakes races on Saturday. It's kind of a light week, but uh, did you get to look at the honeymoon? Because I find this race extremely interesting and cannot come up with a horse saying that's the one to beat. This is a tough race with a lot of angles. Yeah, it's really wide open. Uh, I know it's only drew seven, but it's seven very evenly matched horses. Uh, there's nobody who looks like it to be an absolute speedball, which would set up, you know, a, a nice pace scenario for a closer. So it really becomes a technical race and, you know, becomes kind of a jockey's race. Uh, I know when I was looking through this the first time, uh, I haven't made a final uh, selection in the race, but the horse that kind of uh, piqued my interest was the number two. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to butcher the name, John, but it's Quattrol from Ireland. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I know Jeff Mullins has had a lot of success with uh, Tyler Bays, and this horse goes first-time blinkers. This horse has been, uh, you know, coming over from Europe and doing very well, but maybe they saw something in the way that he was running where uh, Tyler uh, suggested putting the blinkers on. And, you know, that, that can wake a horse up sometimes really in a big way. So, But um, it, it's a lean. It's not an absolute pick, but he was a horse that I was looking at my first go-round on this race. Well, what's interesting, too, just to add uh, to uh, Quattrol, uh, is that Mullins has a great record when he does first blinkers. Uh, 38%, Rich, that's one of the best first blinkers stats I've ever seen. 
and he's got an ROI of three dollars and sixty-five cents. So it is one hell of an angle. I'll I'll tell you that. But so you know, some other standouts in here that got me scratching my head um, is this lightly raced golden coming out of the Richard Mandela barn. Uh, looks like it had the the race from hell last time, and whatever he did got him in trouble. Uh, ran a strong second and got put down to sixth. I noticed that perhaps Mandela didn't like the ride he got from Jose Vadilia and is going to Umberto Rispoli. That could be big. And then on the outside, you know, we've got this, another lightly raced, uh, Madone. Uh, if you put a line through the Breeders' Cup juvenile fillies, this filly is undefeated. Uh, and she loves Santa Anita turf. She's two for two on the turf. I, I You know, uh, we're going a mile and an eighth. She's never tried it. Can she stretch out? Well, we know global going global can, if you might be a good Irish exec to hear, um, the, the Irish bred one at a mile and an eighth in the grade three Providencia, I'm winging that, buddy. Uh, but again, a horse that has never lost on the turf at Santa Anita and as a young three-year-old has already gotten a win at a mile and an eighth. So, uh, you know, uh, right now we've already come up with four horses, folks. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a couple angles in play about the horses that you mentioned. One is the fact that uh, uh, Flavion Pratt, the leading rider at Santa Anita is riding the six going global, but he might've had a choice between going global and Madone, because if you look at Madone, uh, uh, JJ Hernandez rode his horse in the Senorita, but the race was on May 1st happened to be uh, the Saturday of the Kentucky Derby and uh, Flavion Pratt was pretty busy at Churchill down. <laughs> so, so, yeah. you know, I'm just conjecturing. There's a possibility that uh, Simon Callahan was more than happy to invite him back. But if that's the case and he had a pick choice between the two mounts that he ends up on the six instead of the seven, that's, you know, it's just an angle of thought. And uh, another thing, too, is if you're betting on uh, races at Santa Anita, you could do worse than uh, making an exact a box of Flavion Pratt and Umberto Rispoli. Those guys have been just in fuego and just really lighten up the lighten up the, the win totals in the jockey standings. I know Pratt is closing in on Lafitte Pinkai's all-time record. We'll find out. There's still plenty of racing left. But I got two minutes left in our segment, Rich, and I wanted to go to the Santa Maria, talk about high-profile trainers. We mentioned, of course, Bob Baffert with a four-year-old, mind you. But he's taken on a trainer that's gotten a lot of headlines lately, Michael McCarthy the trainer of our Preakness winner with this CC. What a consistent mare she is. She's five. But look at as time goes by, just if you like pedigrees, American Pharaoh out of Broodmare of the Year, take charge lady, looks to be getting better and better and picks up Mike Smith. And I do notice this horse has been racing without Lasix successfully, whereas the older CC is going to be asked for the first time I can see in her career to race without it. Well, you know, one thing I like about this division, the, the, the affiliate mare division, is you have a tendency to see more of these horses uh, run at four, run at five, even run at six years old. And, you know, one of the reasons is pretty simplistic as far as the breeding. You know, when you have a stallion, you could cover 100 mares. If you have a, a brood mare, you can only have one at a time unless you have twins. So mathematically, it actually makes sense for a lot of these outstanding mares to, to race additional years, like a like a Zenyatta or a Rachel Alexandra. So it's great to see uh, 
a horse like CZ running at age five. And uh, if she goes in the uh, Santa Maria, she would be my uh, slight choice over Bafford. We'll see how Bafford, you know, does. Because, I mean, at Pimlico, his four horses that he ran that weekend, none of them really ran that well. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you can conjecture whether uh, the pre-race and post-race testing had anything to do with it. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the five, as time goes by, heavy favorite runs in the Santa Maria. Really? I don't have any odds. Uh, as time goes by, is the heavy favorite? Yeah, uh, the paperwork I'm looking at, uh, she is 2-5 to five in the morning line, and Cece wow. is 6-5. to five. So that's what I'm reading off the uh, racetrack uh, uh, morning line. Well, that, that, that's good enough for me. So if you want to see Rich's uh, Southern California selections, uh, I, I've already given it to you folks. You can go over there and look at it, see what Rich has to offer. It's a race day las vegas one word dot com and uh see what rich is looking at out on the west coast card and uh rich as always i love having you on thanks for your time and be well my friend hey thank you john i'm just so happy that las vegas is opening up again and as you mentioned uh the kentucky's opening up again and hopefully the whole country can open up again because we got to get back to normal Absolutely. It was too bizarre. I don't even remember there was a Kentucky Derby. My head's spinning so much. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Say hi to Sandy for me, and I'll be in touch with you down the road. Sounds good, John. Thanks, and uh, good luck, everybody, and all your future endeavors betting on these horses. There you go, Rich Yang. He's a good man. And up next, another good man. None other than Tom Law will be joining us. I'm John Engelhardt. You're listening to Winning Ponies, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All 
right, and I love to tap this source every couple of months. As you know, I'll certainly be leaning on him as we get closer and closer to Naira. Moving north up the Hudson to the ancient elms uh, over the Manowar Fountain at beautiful Saratoga place he calls his hometown none other than the president of the national turf writers and broadcasters association tom law how does this day find you it finds me really well uh feels like a, a saratoga summer kind of day it was uh, like 85 here today i hit the golf course and just got off uh, a little while ago uh, so it wasn't out at the track today, but uh, obviously we're not racing yet for another two months, but uh, everything's great. Now, are you back in the uh, Saratoga special offices at this point? I am not at this moment, um, but, you know, as uh, as you know, and maybe some of your listeners know, we, uh, we keep a, a seasonal office, which is directly across from the Oklahoma track right next to Faisy Tipton Sales Ground. Uh, we'll probably be moving in there. Uh, maybe I'm hoping to get in there maybe around the 1st of July, early July, kind of revving up for the opening day coming on uh, the 15th. Uh, but I'm just working out of my house uh, right now, which, you know, during the pandemic, everybody was working from home and it was a big adjustment for everybody, but not really a big adjustment for me because I've been doing it since uh, late 2012. So, uh, you know, I could give, I was giving pointers to people on how, what it's like to work at home and uh, how to <laughs> occupy your time and how to stay productive and uh, distance yourself from, from work and home life while you're at home. And, uh, you know, we, we kept things going over the last, uh, you know, whatever it's been, 15 months or so. Well, as you know, anybody from the Northeast, especially when you get closer to Saratoga, are devotees of the uh, Saratoga special that you put together with the Clancy brothers. And uh, as always, a great team of photographers and interns. And uh, yeah, I'll just tell anybody, Tom, yeah. you sent me, it's like a little four page, you know, let you know mm -hmm. if you want to take ads and the distribution, things like that. Um, yep. But what I love is I printed out page four and this thing yeah. is hanging on my door so mm -hmm. i don't have to wonder what is going on at saratoga this week are there any stakes duh uh there's right. <laughs> uh, stakes in numerous days throughout the week um tell our listeners where they can go to pull down this sure. july august september calendar and i'll shut up sure you can go to this is horse racing.com that's our kind of our main website for all the things that we do um, in addition to producing regular content, you know, throughout the year, flat racing, jump racing, uh, a little bit of everything, uh, just on a little bit uh, slower pace than we do at Saratoga. And it's not in a, a, pub, a publication format. It's just a, just a website to find kind of fun stories about racing. But if you go to thisishorseracing.com up at the top, there's an About Us tab. Uh, and on that, you'll find the advertising info. And uh, you can click on... Uh, advertising info for for 2021 and that that gets you the little four page pdf brochure and like you said that that uh that calendar on the last page you know we have all the stakes on there and we have all of the the issues sort of shaded in a tan color uh for our for our publishing calendar for 2021 so we have uh 20 issues on tap uh for this year print and digital um, a lot of that is going to depend on people say, Oh, well, how many, how many issues are you going to print? 
Well, you know, we got to see. We, we, we're still a little bit uncertain about what the crowd uh, is going to look like at Saratoga. You know, I'd say right now, um, you know, and hearing, hearing you guys talk with uh, with Rich Ang, who's a great guy. I've known him forever. It's great to hear his voice again. I haven't, haven't talked to him in forever. But, uh, you know, things are opening up. Uh, you know, he said things are opening up out there. Things are opening up here, really, in New York which obviously has been hit pretty hard uh, during the pandemic. But, you know, we're, we're pretty optimistic that we're going to have uh, crowds at Saratoga. Obviously, we'll have some crowds. Hopefully, we'll have full crowds. You know, and, and obviously, our paper is very popular during the, during the summer. People walking around with it, picking it up at the track. And obviously, we weren't able to do that last year. Uh, we, did, we did produce the Saratoga special last year, uh, but just on a, a straight digital format. We did 17 issues. We did uh, Wednesday, basically a Wednesday and Saturday uh, schedule. So it was almost like a bi-weekly publication, um, you know, kind of like how the old Blood Horse and Thoroughbred Times used to be weekly. We were kind of like twice a week where we, we were covering the races. I was covering the races here, and Sean and Joe were working remote from home. Uh, and and we've, we've expanded it for this year. We've gone up to 20 uh, issues, uh, kind of that same Wednesday uh, Wednesday Saturday schedule, but also bulked it up a little bit around the Whitney, around the Hall of Fame, and around the Fazy Tipton sales, which are kind of popular um, additions for us during the year. And 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 we're keep keeping the options open to do uh, additional issues as well. You know, whether it be uh, the Travers or Alabama or even Closing Weekend, which is now the Jockey Club Gold Cup. So. You know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of big plans kind of coming, and and Joe and Sean are making plans to get back up here to Saratoga, uh, and we're going to have a uh, a team in place. Um, so it's going to look a little different than maybe 2019 and and earlier, but this will be year number 21 for the Saratoga special, which is pretty awesome. Wow. I think yeah. I've done eight or nine with them now since uh, 13 was my first year. It's uh, it's incredible to think how long I've been doing it now. But we're ready, and uh, we're excited. It, it, it is, and uh, it is just a, a great publication. And remember, folks, go to this horse horseracing.com. You can pull down the Saratoga Special Publishing Calendar, and uh, it is you got to have it. You got to have it. Well, Tom, well, I got yeah. you. You know, you, you're obviously yeah. the the president of the National Turf Riders Association mm-hmm. and, and broadcasters. So you stay in touch with a lot of very, very important people. Uh, what are the people saying about all that has happened uh, since <laughs> the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> well, you know, obviously I, I was at the Derby uh, this year, which was uh, great to be back. And uh, I was at the Preakness as well. Um, so it's, it's kind of been cool to be uh, back on the scene. Of course, you know, the Preakness was, uh, that's all anybody was talking about um, for, for obvious reasons. And as you know, and probably people that we run into in our own lives that don't have anything to do with horse racing kind of are curious about what the heck's going on uh, with our game. Uh, when you have uh, such a high-profile trainer and you have such a high-profile horse, in the biggest race that we have, you know, coming up with a positive test. So, um, you know, uh, I think, I think the consensus, at least from people that I know that are kind of in maybe my, you know, for lack of a better phrase, sort of my circle of people, my colleagues that, you know, I, I interact with the most and, you know, that includes Sean and Joe and other folks, you know, that are up here in, in New York and, 
and elsewhere in Kentucky, you know, they, I, they largely feel like probably the horse is going to be disqualified. I mean, I guess a lot of it has to do with the split sample that comes back, but, um, you know, it seems like whenever there's a split sample, it always seems to come back with a uh, very similar result. Um, you know, I, I can't say that with 100% certainty, obviously, but, and it does take a little bit of time. So, yeah, I heard you mention the dancer's image and, you know, maybe this is like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. I mean, I think if your, if your life kind of bridges the dancer's image into this period, which I guess you fall into that. Um, but, but so you've gotten two in a lifetime, <laughs> but me, it was 68, you know, I was born in 71, so I was a little bit late, but you know, hopefully it's only a once in a lifetime thing. But like I said, if you, if you sort of, if you're sort of straddling the two eras, um, like you, you're not that much older than I am, John. So, um, but obviously it's, uh, (laughs) you know, it's big news and, you know, before, before it happened, you know, I mean, people were, you know, gnashing their teeth and everybody was pissed and everybody was mad. And I can't believe this is such a stain and da da da. da. And and yes, and and it's bad and it, it, it casts a bad light on racing, but, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, <laughs> I said this prior to the Preakness, and people thought I was maybe a little nuts. I was like, you know, people are going to tune in to watch the Preakness. You know, they're going to kind of want to see what happens. You know, like, what about this horse that had this thing in the Derby? And and I'm talking the general audience. I think, you know, our audience, people that are listening to your show, you and I, we're watching the Preakness anyway. Um you know, we're, we're going to the track or, or we're watching at home or we're streaming it or we're watching it on our phone, wherever we can watch it. But I think the general public, um, you know, so maybe that's sort of a, no, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Um, you know, I do, I do think people have some genuine questions about our, about our game that are probably legitimate. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a, we're talking about a medication, overage, um, you know, Granted, we have a trainer that has maybe a little bit of a history with this, yeah. um, but we're not talking about it like a, this is not like a Ben Johnson, you know, steroids in the Olympics kind of situation. <laughs> and I've, I've tried to explain that to people. You know, this is not like, um, you know, he was he, the horse got some sort of equine equivalent of like rocket fuel to win the race. Um, we're, we're talking about a. a, 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 a a violation of the rules and, you know, a, a rule is not a rule without a consequence. And there needs to be a consequence if in fact uh, we have a problem regardless and, of who know, it is, um, you, you know? Yeah. You've heard a lot of trainers too. And you know, Rich Ang just pointed out a great fact to me is that with the elimination of Lasix, which is a diuretic that would flush things out of your system. The yeah. fact that horses aren't allowed to take it on the big stage anymore could yep. have something to do with it. That and, sure. I mean, you know, with the new testing system they got right now, they can find out what I was smoking at the University of Dayton, you know, and that was a few years ago. <laughs> yep. uh, and, <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, yep. I mean, what they found, as they say, was the equivalent to five grains of salt in an Olympic, an Olympic swimming pool. And, right. uh, you know, and that for, for, for that reason only, I was kind of rooting for uh, Medina spirit in the Preakness and he still ran a bang up race. He ran a race yeah, like did. a horse that was tired from putting out full exertion mm-hmm. two weeks before. <laughs> yeah. He ran a very gallant race. I thought, you know, and, and you know, it's, 
it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, he was a horse that he ran huge in the Derby with make no mistake. He's run good in every, every one of his starts. And, you know, he ran a, he ran a big race in the Preakness. I, I couldn't believe it. I, there was funny. There was a picture in the Baltimore sun, uh, that shows like the owner's box area. And I happen to be standing like in the back of it. And in the picture, I'm like looking down and it looks like I'm like one of these kind of guys that's like looking at his phone or something. And I wasn't, I was actually looking at my program and I was like, who's the six. <laughs> I will admit this. Like, I was like, Oh, that's Ron Bauer. Cause I didn't recognize the silks. Right. And then I, I was like, you know, you, you know, the silks, like, you know, Lanes End Farm, you know, Phipps, you know, Claiborne, you know, you know, even the modern racing colors. And I was like, who, who are the pink colors? Like, it totally threw me off. But then at the same time, and then I, I looked down and I was like, man, Medina Spirit, he hung on to be third? You know, I was like, wow. Like, you know, like, that was a big effort for him. And the runner-up. I mean, Midnight Berman ran ran a big race, kind of reminiscent of Gunrunner. A lot of people have been comparing him to Gunrunner yeah. lately, and, you know. That's that that's lofty uh lofty praise to be compared to a horse like that. But, you know, ran pretty salty and kinda of up on the pace the whole way and engaged in the race, but still hung around at the end. Um, you know, so hats off to those those two horses. But, you know, Ron Bauer, uh Michael McCarthy's a, a really uh, good guy. I've gotten a chance to get to know him over the last few years. It's been been a lot of fun to kinda of watch him and, and follow his progress and uh, you know, that horse ran huge. I mean, just a, a, just a huge race. And, you know, they, they kind of skipped the, skipped the Derby, which is, you know, nobody does that these days. You know, I mean, everybody runs. If you have a chance to run, you run. Um, and you know, I mean, some of them shouldn't probably run, but you know, they're, they're in it for the experience and, you know, but these owners, I, I give these owners a lot of credit. They were like, well, we're not going to run in the Derby. <laughs> McCarthy wanted to run. The owners didn't, uh, you know, the owners won out and, you know, who knows what would have happened in Louisville, but that horse ran huge in Baltimore for sure. I was, I was impressed. Well, uh, we have seen success with horses, um, that, uh, ran in the Derby, Mm -hmm. passed the Freakness and went on to Mm -hmm. win or run very good in the Belmont Stakes. And we have, of course, my top pick. Rock Your World, who had his mm-hmm. world rocked right out of the gate. Here's a horse yeah. that needed the lead, and all of a sudden he found himself in, like, 18th or something. Yeah. Forget yeah. it. And the, the jock wrapped up on him. And then we, we also have, and this is a very interesting, is a horse that ran a huge race in the Derby, Hot Rod Charlie. Flavian mm-hmm. Pratt wins a triple crown race and then takes off yeah. the winner to ride a different horse in the Belmont. Mm-hmm. What's your read on mm-hmm. that, Tom? Huh? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's like um, back in, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to botch the year. I don't remember what year it was, but maybe 2009, uh, Rachel Alexandra. So Calvin Burrell rode her in the Oaks, and he won the Oaks on her, and then he wins the Derby on Mind That Bird, and then they're both running in the Preakness, and he takes off my, he takes off the Derby winner to ride Rachel. And, I mean, obviously that was a great move. They got Mike Smith to ride Mind That Bird. You don't see that very much. Um, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, Flavian Prep probably has a lot of business with Doug O'Neill. Um, yeah. You know, Doug O'Neill has a big stable, runs a lot of horses. I mean, Michael McCarthy has a, a pretty big stable, too, but he might not be a, sort of a regular guy for him. You know, I, you know, Pratt, that was his first ride on Ron Bauer. He had never ridden a horse before. He had had multiple jockeys before, but 
you know, I mean, just think about that colony in New York. I mean, you could get, you could probably get a pretty good ride. I mean, look at uh, Midnight Bourbon. Uh, you know, <laughs> Mike Smith ended up going to concert tour in the Preakness, but and then Steve Asmussen ended up with Irad Ortiz Jr., who rode the horse really well. I mean, like yes. he was aggressive in the race, and that's that, that was a typical Irad Ortiz ride. You knew he was going to run better. No offense to Mike, uh, who rode him in the Derby, but I, I like that switch. So I think. Uh, you know, I don't think Michael is going to have a, a, a you know a short list of options uh, when they get to New York. Although, you know, there's a lot of uh, big players, like you said, a Hot Rod Charlie, maybe Rock Your World, coming for the Belmont. You know, Todd Pletcher is going to have a couple in there. My my pick was in the Derby was Known Agenda, uh, who um, you know hopefully he's going to run better. You know, he kind of mid pack in the Derby, maybe kind of like a Midnight Bourbon kind of race that he ran in the Derby. Maybe he can run better with the five-week uh, break in the Belmont. Todd's, Todd's done it before, and uh, obviously riding high on the Hall of Fame year and the Kentucky Oaks year, and, you know, he, need, he needs no introduction. But, uh, yeah, shaping up is a, is a good one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it in two weeks. I'm, uh, I can't believe it. I'm going to do the whole Triple Crown Series this year again. Uh, obviously missed it last year, and I'm with you. I kind of don't count it last year. <laughs> I'm like, you know, <laughs> it didn't even count. You know, like I went to the Belmont and – Tis the law win was great, and but I like you know I went down that morning and I came home like I was home. It was it was almost not even dark by the time I got home. It was so weird uh, last year, you know. And, and I'm three hours from three hours from New York City here in Saratoga, so you know I need the full experience, and I've I've gotten it this year, and looking forward to the Belmont in two weeks' time. Well, you're you're going to get it, and I'm glad you are. You know what? If, if the stars align, I may see you in your hometown this summer. It's it's definitely on my list of things to do. So uh, we got to have that. Yeah, we got to have that. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. If need be, I'll just sleep on the couch at this is uh, horse racing Saratoga. There you special. go. Uh, but anyhow, Tom, thanks again for for joining us. I I always appreciate it, but I I most appreciate seeing you in person. I hope I get a chance to do that this summer. Absolutely, bring your camera. We'll put you to work. We'll get you we'll get you a photo credit in the special. Come on, John. That- I'll carry Tom Marks's lenses, okay? All right. <laughs> All right. That was Tom. All right, Tom Law, thanks so much for being us, uh, with us, the president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters of America, uh, Rich Ng, out in Las Vegas, a, a good friend, a great handicapper. Uh, I want to th- thank Jason uh, for putting up with me and straightening me out during the show all the time. And I want to thank you for listening to Winning Ponies. We hope you put you on some winners, but if we didn't, you can come up to winningponies.com, pull down the easy win forms. We had some big ins this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs>